what's intended to do is to put the most positive atmosphere towards the 95% of our pattern thinking that gives us a disposition as to how we wish to interact with other people and to cooperate with them. Because if you can get that kind of a cooperative and positive problem-solving atmosphere, then the 5% is peanuts. It's there you go, in Michael Aquino's own words. So again, he's talking about the lower and the higher consciousness. The 5% would be, if you can use your mind, would be your thinking consciousness, the self, where you use reason, etc. You're actually using your mind. The 95% would be the actual subconscious where you're not aware of. I talk about that often through my articles and my website and that being through your often through your second brain right your gi tract a lot of these chemicals and signals come from there and a lot of the techniques that aquino mentions go much much deeper and of course this these mind control techniques would also use black magic i.e lies propaganda false symbology, optical illusions, etc., to memorize and thus control someone or an entire population's mind without them being aware of and or doing immediate damage to avoid detection. As Aquino once had written, coercive measures, if they are to work effectively, must remain undetected. Who knows? Did Aquino have any involvement in MKUltra? He sure knows a lot. And I mean, if he was involved in the, the PSYOP type of stuff, by the way, this country's weather stinks and it rains a lot. So, um, yeah, if it starts to rain too heavy, <clears throat> I'll turn up the volume. I don't know, just watch out for your TV if it goes on blast. Because, uh, I mean, it's not so bad now, but when it starts going, it's, it's ask anyone who's been here for a little while, you know, it's like ASMR on fucking blast. It's mad. Maybe so. A form of dark mental jiu-jitsu to bend the hardened hearts and turn upside down minds of the public who only have a cursory understanding of reasoning and logic and the cultural and linguistic nuances needed to neutralize a real mind control threat effectively. To Aquino and the U.S. military, the ignorant and malleable American population was the perfect testing ground for his mind war ideologies, a people he could easily mold, his new mind control laboratory. Aquino had written, For millennia, violent warfare has been the scourge of humanity, and all attempts to end it through negotiated or imposed peace have brought only temporary respite. On the premise that war is an endemic to the human disposition, Mind War proposes to eliminate its killing and destruction by replacing it with a far more powerful kind of war, one which focuses on the human mind both individually and collectively. The persons and property of people are removed as targets, replaced by the divisive situations and problems originating in their consciousness. These are then controlled, adjusted, and reformed to produce a harmonious and cooperative total environment. Aquino claims that this is not to be done theoretically, but in a laboratory implementation through the structural design of the U.S. Army's three special operations branches, psychological operations, special forces, and civil affairs. In the book, he outlines a global mind war campaign with the international crisis resolution procedures of the United States modified to facilitate it. In the book, he also cites the use of magnets on the human brain to control thought, which has now become a reality. For these reasons, I list and his owns and the affiliation with Satan. Okay, we're going to shift gears because although this was all right, I'm losing patience with this guy called Gnostic Warrior. I will subscribe to him though. I will. Um, but we're going to move on because we've got other shit to get through. This is not, we're like halfway through. That's it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's a lot to get through, man. Give me a minute. Um, MP4. Great. We're here. Banging. Wicked. Okay. The first one I'm going to play is going to be, um, mm, 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 mm. all right. I'm going to play this. Wait, is that the, give me a second. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, okay, the parts one and two were showed off YouTube and I cannot get them back off any kind of platform. You know, I'm a research junkie, man. I've been looking hard for this shit, can't find it. So we've only got parts three and four.
but I downloaded them because they buffered a lot. So we're going to just watch them here. Uh, give me a second. We're going to go. If I go here like that and then go. Uh, so I'm on a new computer. I'm still trying to work things out a bit. Okay, perfect, perfect, perfect. All right. I won't be able to chat with, with the chat as much because every time I click the chat box. Oh, actually, no, it worked. All right, lovely. It didn't interfere. Cool. I can, I can chat. That's good. Okay. Now this is Bases UK. This is the this is the platform that you get people like Shills, like Kerry Cassidy. Um, you get Pierce Corbin, you know Jeremy Corbin's brother. You get these different types of Shills on there a lot. But they did have Max Spears on, and they did have Michael Aquino on. And for that man, this is priceless. engineer for my mother when she was doing a uh, weekly book review program for KPFA radio out here. I became very familiar with Ampex reel-to-reel tape recorders and making sure that all the little dials didn't go up into the red. Yeah, well, we've, uh, we've uh, in the BBC, we have peak, peak level meters there, and I'll get myself a little bit more level. Mm -hmm. Yes. And um, right. is that, are you okay with that, Urin? I am, uh -huh. I am fine. Well, Great. If you just joined us in the chat, okay, this is Bases. This is Michael John... Michael? This is Miles Johnston interviewing Lieutenant Colonel Michael Aquino. This is a few years before his death. Okay. Well, this is Bases 70, I think, part three. And it's been quite some time since we last talked. And during that period of time, there has been quite... It, it's uh, from my point of view and probably from a lot of other people's point of view um it's good you just have no idea the shit i had to go through to watch this the first time around yeah i was in jail and like i was literally like near the point of physical violence with niggers all right because they didn't want to watch this they want to watch love island and uh you know reality tv and we we had to thrash it out you know and i had to lay down why it's not fair and why they always get their way and i need to have this because this is important to me and they just couldn't understand you know what i mean this is you know well beyond their pay grade and they just sat there like that like chimp just you know that you know that blind gaze that chimp gaze that do you know what i mean like no soul no soul three-fifths of a human spirit you know that kind of thing anyways moving on when you have very <clears throat> esteemed people who've got very deep connections with the intelligence services or the services or some places very important and then there's a hissy fit and a bit of a row but it's very serious this because we're dealing with full-scale psychic warfare non-lethal weapons or you know the the use of technologies which we initially we sort of talked about it in, in the past uh, in our past interviews in other words we're sort of playing outside 3d and from the point of view of the audience, there's a thing called complex number space, um, the astral domain, which I think has been kicked about quite a lot, and um, psychotronic weapons, if that's another thing to, to we can use. Um, and what does this mean uh, in reality? We've also ancient church his history with the destruction of the cathedral in Paris, uh, Notre Dame, and its connection at the same time with the mosque in Jerusalem, it, it had a fire. And then I'm going to use this phrase, Babylonian magic. So there's a few terms there I've thrown into the, into the pot or into the, um, into the ocean, into the lake. And so perhaps we could, A, say, how are you doing? And let's take it from there. Let's take it from there. All right. Well, again, just uh, to reintroduce myself, my name is uh, Michael Aquino. I am a retired colonel in uh, the psychological operations branch of the United States Army and a, uh, hold the degree of Doctor of Philosophy in Political Science from the University of California. And uh, I also have had considerable experience in the realms of uh, initiatory occultism, you might say, and uh, religion and metaphysics. As uh, one of the highest members of the original Church of Satan and later on the founding high priest of the International Temple of Set. So those are sort of the big benchmarks. But what I 
can be most useful, I think, um, to your audience and to you in, is to try and get beyond all these labels and simply get to the root of the issue that confronts yes, all of us. Yes, I think this is very we live, important. We live, yeah, we live in a very confusing world, uh, obviously, and it gets more confusing every day. And, of course, the, the big... Whoa! Okay, Ned Flanders coming in hot, right? He just said that they just took down Michael Aquino's Wikipedia. Just, I was just on the fucking thing at the beginning of the show. All right, Ned, I'm not going to lie, mate. You're scaring me, mate. <laughs> you know, I'm fucking hell. All right, we're going to have a quick pause, okay? A quick intermission. All right, now look, just to show, guys, what I'm talking about, obviously, Michael Aquino, okay, is a prominent figure, okay? We've got the Temple of Set, but we haven't known... Oh, wait, Michael Ray Aquino. No, that's that's someone else. Okay, this is we've got Michael Angel Angelo Aquino. That's the one we're talking about. Okay, now let's click this. Does not have an article. Does not have an article, mate. Am I going to get Matthew North there? Is that what's going down in Chinatown? <laughs> am I going to be a corpse? <laughs> am I going to get body bagged there? You know, fuck here now. Well, boys, you know. I do it for the guys, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I've got Jesus on my side. I hope, you know, I can, I can make it through to the end of the year. <laughs> Fucking hell, my good God. Woo! Okay. Question Scary is, shit, boys. Where do we go for the truth of all this? And what can we make of ourselves? How are we supposed to uh, grapple with this? How are we supposed to behave intelligently so that we aren't just simply running in circles like... That is terrifying. <laughs> really terrifying. ...in an anthill that's just been kicked. <laughs> so I have to... I think that probably the, the way to start is to recall that back in 1968, when I was uh, first commissioned as a second lieutenant, the... Uh, I had asked for, and the Army sent me to psychological operations uh, officer training at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Now, this is probably one of the most obscure fields in the U.S. government inventory, and it's quite overlooked, really, when people get all wrapped up in, uh, in intrigue ideas about the Central Intelligence Agency. The thing is, you've got to remember, yeah, look, we don't have... The Second Amendment here. Do you know? Do you want to see? Do you want to see our Second Amendment? I'll show you what our Second Amendment looks like. Okay. <laughs> this is our Second Amendment. This is as good as it gets, boys. You know what I mean? I'll be at the door like that. I've got the Temple of Set. You know, the Luciferian Brigade trying to break in. You know what I mean? Trying to hit me with directed energy weapons and fucking chomo fucking psychic spies. You know what I'm saying? I'll be there like that, like. Back off, back off. <laughs> this is as good as it gets, boys. <laughs> the National Security Agency and uh, and so on. And fun and games between these agencies and the KGB and MI6 and, and so on. So the whole point of the operations at Fort Bragg, which falls under the heading of special operations, uh, is that we are dealing one step back from what people perceive. This is the realm of the generation and creation of actual ideas which govern human behavior. And what you, the first thing that you find out when you start going through this kind of a, an educational process is that almost everything that you read is bullshit. Almost everything that you hear and see is bullshit. And I don't mean this pejoratively as much as to say that everything has a motive behind it the way it's presented to you, and it's to get you to see things or believe things in a certain way. So to, to assume that you are getting objective truth or objective information is an uphill fight, and there are a number of ways that you can go about it but it isn't going to be handed to you on a silver platter because every time you turn on a news program or listen to somebody who professes to be uh, an expert commentator or a, po or a political statesman, you're being fed bullshit. It's just a different kind with a different agenda and you have to step back one level and find out what that is before you can 
react intelligently to it. I have sometimes been asked, well, what is the, um, what is the draw behind authentic Satanism, or as we would call it, the, the Setian philosophy, the Temple of Set? And I said, and I like to say, well, we are, we are intelligent entities, we are unique personalities in a chaotic environment. And the challenge of a true initiate is to first get his own self-awareness coherent so that you are basically uh, a sane actor, and then to decide what you can do in this chaotic environment <clears throat> to, uh, to influence it creatively, positively, hopefully not, de not destructively or, uh, or wantonly or, uh, or viciously. So a true uh, Satanist, a true black magician, is actually an intensely moral individual, but he is a moral individual <clears throat> not because he pays lip service to something that has been indoctrinated, but rather because he's made a very careful examination of where virtue is to be found and to be created and then to make a conscious decision to move in that direction. My life has been an adventure in trying to get beyond the bullshit, you know, to transcend the bullshit, um, to become an educated person, a wise person, and then a, uh, a person who can communicate what I've learned to other people, which has taken me about 17 books to do. But I think I've done a pretty good job of it. And, uh, and then to become a... Um, uh, within my capacity to to nudge things in the direction of um, of virtue, Machiavelli, a very wise political scientist, sometimes known in political science as the father of actual political science, liked to talk in terms of uh, occasioni, one of his terms, meaning that there are occasions in the state of the world or state of society that call for action. He said the kind of action that's necessary, he referred to as necessita, meaning a sort of an enlightened approach to solving the problem of the moment. And then his term virtue, V-I-R-T-U, meant a positively creative way of solving it. Virtue, virtue, or virtue. So the old the old uh, saw that you've sometimes heard about Machiavelli saying the end justifies the means is not really as accurate as to say, analyze the situation, find out where the truly creative and positive solution is, and then implement that. <clears throat> so in the area, going back again a little bit, in the area of psychological operations, once you have realize that you are swimming in a sea of, um, of deception. And um, this is a little bit, as a matter of fact, like the movie The Matrix. Um, the question is, well, what, what happens when you, when you take the red pill, so to speak, and you transcend the bullshit, you get beyond it, <clears throat> you find yourself as, <clears throat> as an actor to the extent that the government has um, credentialed you as an actor, you are both of a great asset and also a great danger. You're a great asset because now you're a manipulator. You can get behind the situation and you can control it. These are psychological operations, black ops. The danger is that since you yourself are beyond the control of these... Okay, guys, just for your own reference at home... Black Ops, okay, is not about Call of Duty video games. Black Ops is just where, let's say you've got a project, you know, you're working within the military, you're working within the government. Your projects will come out of the taxpayer money, okay? It will all be accounted for. It's there on paper. You know, every bean is counted. Now, if you want to go into something which you don't want the public to know about, okay, you then delve into the world of Black Ops. Now, a good example of this was in 1995. The U.S. government stopped funding 
psychic warfare programs and stop funding remote viewing programs. Now, that doesn't mean that the government now doesn't do remote viewing and doesn't do psychic warfare, you know, telekinesis, telepathy, all that kind of stuff. What it means is that they go underground with it and the money that they garner, that they generate from child trafficking, heroin trafficking, human organs, you know, um, all of these different things, you know, gun running, all of it, yeah, that money then goes into these projects. That's what it's all about, you know, and then they'll maybe use NASA as part of the laundering as well, where they'll go, oh, it's cost, cost 10 billion to put this thing in the sky when it didn't. You know, it might have cost two million. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? You know, that kind of thing. You know, it's all about money laundering. Same with the art industry as well. You can become an independent force of your own, and therefore you can't easily be controlled by others. So you've become a kind of a um, little bit like Batman, you might say, you know, a, a nice force for good, but. Uh, something that worries society because you're not under its thumb, you're not under its control per se. So the whole area of psychological operations in the United States... Just a quick uh, question for Josh, uh, for, for Don't Be Salty. Did you get in touch with Josh in the end? I know he was... Um, yeah, I don't know I don't know if you, if you managed to get hold of Josh or not, but if you do get hold of Josh, let me know, because, you know, I don't know where... He's, he's gone on the missing list. I don't know where he is. Government... And, of course, in uh, areas like Britain overseas and the Soviet Union and the Russian Federation is a very murky area and one in which there's been a lot of um, you know, controversy and uh, a lot of skullduggery uh, over the years, and not all of it has been good. You sometimes hear the terms white, gray, and black psyop, and white, of Fort Bragg, does all these things, and uh, white PSYOP has to do with uh, direct, obvious communications of facts to influence people. Gray has to do with communications that um, the source and the motives are not clearly identified, and black is um, uh, in the area of, of complete deception, mm -hmm. so that you are trying to... Um, uh, project the wrong source and provide uh, information that is completely weighted and has not necessarily any particular bearing on the truth because it's agenda-driven, it's object-driven. <clears throat> so once you find yourself in a situation like this, and then you are a also in the area of metaphysics, you've gone beyond conventional religions and conventional philosophies to become a, a, a black magician, an initiate of the black arts, then you are also somewhat beyond the pale of uh, another one of society's big control measures, which is, of course, religion. We are now today in the grip of, of many uh, conventional religions, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, uh, Confucianism, uh, the Hindu religions, and so on. And these are huge PSYOP machines that are used to govern um, a large number of people. Uh, well, well indeed, if, 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 so if, if, Michael, if I can interrupt there, I mean, now we're dealing with, with, with network television. The, the Premiership sure. Football, uh, that, those, the Eurovision Song Contest, which Madonna did a ritual on, in Israel relatively recently at the time of this sure. recording. So those religions in many respects are um, fading away and media, uh, computers, that's a whole new ballgame, AI, 5G. Well, sure. And, yeah. and we have uh, and some of the strangest and funniest things uh, that, that affect people uh, have begun as entertainment, whether it's, uh, for example, uh, Star Wars, which... Uh, has a huge cult following, and uh, many people sort of take it as a doctrine. Uh, Star Trek uh, before that, and of course, uh, in terms of international uh, relations and skullduggery, even things that are as well known to you as Ian Fleming's James Bond stories. 
Ab absolutely. I think this is fascinating because that's exactly what Tim Refat has been talking about. He's he's he, he's been explaining that he actually features as the bad guy in Star Wars. In um, he's written in it so that all this mm -hmm. hate will go towards him, and likewise Harry Potter, and um, yes. therefore yeah, that's all designed to feed those emotions using the audience in a way which they don't understand or didn't know in the old ways, Christianity, and you go to church, those those huge Gothic cathedrals uh, were... Yes, we're looking to clutch, yeah. we're looking to clutch old symbols and to reassure ourselves that there's something to them. And when you get these spasms of occasional religious revivalism or fundamentalism, you see people looking sort of desperately beyond... Uh, the the normal world about them for something that is sort of true is eternal and so on. If you look at the it's in a, in a way this is sort of um, somewhere between pathetic and entertaining because the the god that most people know in the Judeo Christian Islamic tradition began back in the Bronze Age as a rather minor uh, deity in Canaan named El, E-L. And he was uh, an associate of other deities at that time, uh, such as Baal and Moloch, and, uh, and these other sort of savage, itinerant deities in uh, Old Bronze Age Canaan. He happened to be the one that the wandering uh, tribes of pre-Israelites uh, picked for their traveling god, this El person, and that's how uh, the God that you know of in the Bible sort of came to be. It is not something huge and wonderful and sort of universally revered. It was an old minor kick-ass God, rather not a very nice one because he was into human sacrifice and brutality from old Canaan. And without any question... All right, guys on the rampage is asking, what's the likes of uh, David Blaine, Chris Angel, these types? They're all into the black magic, man. That's what it is. There's another guy in America, in England called Dynamo. Same thing, you know. Um, they've done a deal with a devil, and that deal, I mean, it might not be the devil, but demons, you know. And um, this this knowledge that they get, this sleight of hand, it comes at a price, you know. Um, Dynamo went from being a superstar to someone who is really fucking sick now. He's not well, you know. Really, really unwell dude, you know. It's time to pay the piper. Most of the world stumbles along after this absurd ancient um, fairy tale today. And as I said, if you really wanted to pick out some gods, Egypt, for example, with which I'm quite familiar, had a number of very interesting, wise and nice ones. And the one that has uh, survived in most mythology today, El, to use his original name, is a jerk. People who follow him um, are basically slaves. They're punished with something called original sin for something they didn't do. They have nothing to look forward to but more misery and suffering and obedience to either him or his uh, conjured up kid, uh, Jesus or Mohammed or whoever. And when you die in the original legends, you your spirit or what's left of it is a sort of a messed up piece of shade that goes to a place called Sheol, which is a dark, miserable uh, place where it drifts sort of like a, an aimless thing throughout eternity. So if you want to look really hard at the underpinnings of Judeo-Christianity and Islam, that's what you find. So if you look at that, that way then, of course, that's a pretty miserable situation for you. And one of the first things that happened was that uh, people began looking for a way out. And the way out was to create a kind of a, a, a vehicle of salvation, which was Christianity, saying, okay, we're miserable slaves, but here, this nasty God is creating a sort of an incarnate version of himself, a son of God. And if we simply obey him, then we won't go to Sheol. We won't suffer. We'll go to a nice kind of a paradise place instead, a little bit Las Vegas. Uh, and so we can look forward to that. 
This, of course, is built on nothing more than a different kind of hot air. Was that the not... people who remain Jews? Sorry, was that, not, uh, was that not the mm -hmm. creation of uh, the Emperor Flavius uh, when they manipulated the Roman Empire into uh, a single God construct and ultimately what we now know as the Catholic Church, that that was a fiction? Well, that would be, that would be, yeah. Const that would be Constantine, I believe, and uh, uh, who, who Christianized the Roman Empire. But before that, the Roman Empire had also had already been somewhat... Um, uh, in a state of fragmentation because of all the different religious cultures that it had run into as it expanded itself. So the old, the old uh, Roman gods, as adapted from Greece, were, were no longer considered adequate, and you had all sorts of strange cults popping up and uh, a lot of friction within the Roman Empire at the same time that it was becoming very, very multicultural. Um, so it was grasping for a a new kind of control device, which is... Noticing a pattern here, you know, the Roman <clears throat> the Roman Empire, okay, becoming very multicultural. The fall of Rome, okay, it was engineered by the same people who are engineering the fall of our societies now. Same people, different era. Same shit, different toilet, man. Re history repeating itself. Christianity... Nothing new under the sun. ...became, it's always been a, a very intolerant and a very uh, cruel control device that kills its enemies, uh, just like Islam does. In the case of... Uh... You know, it's what he's doing here, okay? There is no coincidence, okay, that he is applying the Tommy Robinson algorithm, okay? Naming Islam. Islam, 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 okay? He'll get you angry at the dog, not the man holding the lead. Very important thing here, okay? I would argue... And it might be a reach, but without Lieutenant Colonel Michael Aquino, there is no Tommy Robinson. And I know that sounds out there, but that is, you know, why do you think Tommy's always on things like the Alex Jones show back in the day when it was still believable, you know? Orthodox Judaism, <clears throat> um, they, of course, do not have a convenient way out. They are simply doomed to be miserable slaves of El throughout their lives, and then to go to Sheol. Is there a way out for them? Well, a Jew named Moses de Leon in 13th century Spain thought he could sell them a bill of goods, so he wrote up uh, a book of complete fiction, which he uh, referred to as the uh, Zohar, which we know today as the Kabbalah. And this was supposed to be an esoteric interpretation of the Old Testament, uh, which if, if you were a learned student, if you could learn these things, then maybe you could get on L's good side. It was, of case, it was, of course, just simply more bullshit. It was made up whole... Fix Nudas, he was on InfoWars. Yeah, he was. And not just on InfoWars, he was on Tucker Carlson as well. You don't just get on Tucker Carlson. You don't work like that. You know what I'm saying? This is all Mockingbird media. Not to mention Alex Jones directly saying, oh, I've actually put a lot of money into Tommy Robinson. And, uh, you know, obviously he's doing, uh, doing a lot of work over there. He's a true patriot. And, uh, you know, I'm funding, um, helping fund a lot of his operations over there. And, you know, yeah, man, it's all connected. It's all connected, man. Tommy Robinson's car just got firebombed. I'm aware of that, and I can tell you something now. I believe that's staged as well. I genuinely do. Genuinely believe that. You've got to remember, he's lost a lot of credibility, okay? The movement, whatever you want to call it, the man on the street, you know, your Amegan and chips fucking punter who thinks he's awake, yeah? He's just moved on from Tommy Robinson. And the Amegan and chips punter, okay? And when I say that, I'm talking about, you know, the purple pill middle-aged boomer, okay? He needs a leader, okay? And Tommy wants to get back into his head. There's a war on for your mind, remember that. How do you do that? How do you do that? You regain credibility through what? Look, my car just got bombed. My car just got bombed. Look, I'm Tommy Robinson and my car's in fire. Look, look, look. You know, I'm real. Look, I'm suffering. Look, that shit happens to me. Serious. Moses de Leon some money, which it did. And uh, his wife later on, Confessed up. Do you know how many people out there, okay, how many Englishmen get told Tommy Robinson ain't real and they can't let go of him straight away? You know, and they make excuses for him and all kinds of things, you know, and try and, you know, it, it's mental gymnastics, you know, like trying to, it's, it's really, really, it's an acute angle, you know, and they're really trying to work it, you know, and then eventually they drop him.
but it is it's what it is. The thing is just being a money-making stunt. But... Tommy wants him to come back home, you know what I'm saying? Human nature being what it is, the Judaism tradition has seized upon this, and we still see a lot of Kabbalism and Kabbalistic nonsense today being promulgated in occult circles all over the world, um, despite the fact that, again, it's based on hot air. Well, this is very interesting now because because um, this is yeah. very sensitive because of uh, Tim Rifat and Madonna's ritual that she carried out on the Eurovision Song Contest and the whole way that the New Age movement, the Masons, the OTO, according to Tim Rifat, um, they've all learned a lot of magic or done a lot of ceremonies based on this falsehood and these this booby-trapped... It's all based, tricked, yes, yeah, yeah. it's all based on nonsense, but it's... We, you, you, I, what I said before is that you, the, the important thing here is that you step back one level to the control level, and then this is what you realize, that these are all selling devices to control people. We have, for example, um, here's another concrete example. In the U.S. Army, and probably in the British Army, we have a corps of chaplains. These are commissioned officers who wear little crosses on their uniforms, and these are the Catholic and Protestant and Jewish chaplains who go with troops, you know, into combat and so on, and they're and uh, they're generally <clears throat> held in sort of popularly high regard. What people don't understand, again, but what PSYOP does, and it's another reason that we're considered to be as dangerous as we are because we see these things, is the Corps of Chaplains is, is a control device to do three things. First, it convinces soldiers to go out and kill people that they have no reason to kill simply because they're ordered to do so and to do so uh, with a clear conscience, despite things like uh, Ten Commandments and uh, Golden Rules and, and things like that. So the first thing is to say, God, whatever your God is, isn't going to mind if you go out and kill people because you're told to do so, even though they've done nothing to you. So you can bomb them, or you can shoot them, or you can blow them up with a clear conscience. And in fact, it's even considered to be virtuous. Because we say so, because we're the spokesman for El, you know, for the God or for Jesus or for Mohammed. Then, mission number two is to convince the soldier that he should go out and risk his own life and take a risk of being killed himself. Because if he is killed in the service of God and his country, he will go to heaven. That's a qualification. That's an admission ticket, like getting into Disneyland. So you can go out and do something dangerous and get killed, and it's okay, because you'll be taken care of if you do it when we order it. The third mission is to keep the families and relatives of soldiers from being a problem. So if you have a soldier and he gets injured or killed, it's the chaplains who will go around and comfort everybody and say, well, he's with God now. Uh, he died in a good cause. He's with the angels. Um, or if he's, if he's here now and suffering, then he's basically earned his, his ticket into these good graces and so on. And you got a good medal. So what? And you got a medal. Yes. So, what, so what you see... See the, how this works now, okay? Now I talk about um, Michael Aquino owning the narrative okay when it comes to the awakening okay through his cyber shaman okay q shaman q shaman you know this is what it's all about this guy who is apparently interviewing him as a outsider looking into the world of satanism someone who's going to be critical behind the scenes oh you know michael aquino he's actually quite a bad guy you know no, no. but when it actually comes down to it okay this guy works for aquino and that's why he got the interview that's how it works. And when they team up, what do they do? They shit on Jesus for two hours. That's, this is what it is, man. This is the game. This is the information warfare we're talking about, you know? Scary shit. What you, what, the point I'm trying to make here, you're seeing an institution that professes to be something very benevolent, but is actually quite the opposite. It's a control device. And everywhere you are, look today, you are surrounded by these. You brought up Madonna. You brought, there's the media, of course. 
uh, it's an old, old saw at this point that people are sort of kicked around by television and, and, and newscasters and told, well, you believe this or believe that. There are any number of, of illustrations. Take something like, take something like 9-11. Uh, take something like the moon landing. Can we say that? You're told about the... Can we even talk about that sure, on the internet well, anymore? Depends well, on what you say. I mean, we're... The whole point of this Can conversation that we're having right now is I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit like the Wizard of Oz and I'm taking you behind the curtain, okay? He's telling you to your face, Gore. He, Gore he's like the Wizard of Oz and he's taking you behind the curtain. It's so obvious, man. Like, these people tell you to your face. They have to. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Okay. Absolutely, yeah. So this is that the whole point of things like your your uh, your entire project is to get behind the curtain, to transcend the bullshit, and to say, okay, where is truth? How can we not be led around by the nose? And they're telling you to your face. Did you hear what we just said? Being led around by the nose. It's a game, guy. When we look at these big super propaganda events like the moon landings or 9-11 um, or even the you know recent quote-unquote assassination of Osama bin Laden, things like that. This is all nonsense. It's all consumer-driven nonsense for one or another public relations thing. The airlines, uh, you know, just I could tell you all kinds of things about 9-11, which yeah. is basically... Well, why not? Let's go ahead. We've, we've got one, more than one reel of tape. Well... I mean, the, the notion that it was an Arab uh, attack is completely ludicrous. It was a CIA and Mossad uh, operation with uh, some participation in it also by MI6. Wow. So there you go. You know, slivers of truth within the lies. We talk about weaponizing truth. We mentioned this earlier. You weaponize the truth. It had one purpose and one purpose only, which was to make American... Um, citizenry angry enough so that the United States would go and spill its blood on behalf of Israel to balkanize as many of the Arab countries surrounding Israel as possible. And that was the whole point of it. Let me ask you, let me point out something kind of, kind of amusing here. You know that every commercial airline flight has something called a manifest. This is a printout list of who's on the flight the airlines are very precise about these and the big airlines like United and uh, American, they maintain these manifests very rigorously from the time that people make reservations to the time when they check in and when they board the plane, it's all checked against that. And the very last thing that happens before the door is slammed shut on an airplane <clears throat> is that the final version of a flight manifest is printed out and passed into the head flight attendant and say, Here's who's on the fucking plane. So you know where they are and who they are. And that is what's locked in stone. Now, after 9-11, there was uh, an initial flurry of claims that there were Arabs on all these flights, that they took them over and crashed them into things. And uh, there were even a few um, tentative uh, amateur sort of uh, ad hoc flight manifests that were put out, but these weren't the actual final ones from the airlines. Those didn't surface for some years, and they were very tightly um, kept away from the public eye. They're available now. You could actually hunt them down if you like, and any of your listeners can too, the final official passenger manifests. And guess what you'll find when you look at them? There's not a single Arab on any of them. Not one. Zero. I think you'll find that it's kind of difficult to hijack a plane unless you're on it, right? Yeah, there's there is that problem. <laughs> yeah, there is that problem. Although, okay. what about the over the the uh, uninterruptible autopilot that can control the plane? There is uh, all all of, all four of those seven fifty sevens in those days constructed by Boeing had a um, an automatic device which was installed by Boeing which would permit a controller on the ground to seize control of the airplane, uh, much like the drone systems that we have today, take the control system away from the onboard pilots, 
and fly and land the plane. And this was originally an anti-hijacking measure. And it was, as I said, put on all of those planes at that time. That's a matter of documentation, which readers can also look up. When that happens, all of the other control systems, such as the um, ground-to-flight um, control, uh, communications from the pilot, are also uh, seized and moved to the person who is on the ground who is controlling these systems. So the pilots become essentially passengers in the cockpit. And this was, again, originally done to um, prevent airplanes from being hijacked. But what it also does is permit an airplane to be taken over from the ground and flown, just like a drone. So this isn't this isn't crazy science. It's just a you know perfectly normal thing, like like the Reapers or Predator drones. And uh, in this case, the uh, four planes were simply taken over. And to make a long story short, um, they were all flown to a. Uh, almost uh, completely uh, disused air base in Massachusetts called Westover Air Base, uh, where they were landed. The base had been uh, cleared of all its residual personnel the day before. The base has large oversized hangars uh, big enough to put 757s in because the base was originally constructed for the C-5A Galaxy, the hugest military transports around. So the four planes uh, were flown there. Selected members of the crews from them and selected passengers were then offloaded from the planes and used to make the quote-unquote cell phone calls. Now they could make the cell phone calls because their cell phones would now work, which they wouldn't way up in the air at uh, cruising altitude. And of course, on the ground, uh, there is no background noise from the jets that you would normally hear uh, if you've ridden on any kind of a commercial jet, you know that it isn't a completely silent environment. There's all the jet noise, you know, that's going on around you. But all those calls are completely silent. And as one very alert um, flight attendant would later point out, all the protocols, uh, keywords, and code systems that flight crews are normally trained to use in the event of a hijacking were completely disregarded. Um, then the uh, and and the the calls themselves were all uh, within a few moments of each other, which was possible when you brought all the four planes down there together. Uh, after which, uh, not to put too uh, uh, too gentle a point on it, uh, the passengers of those planes, including the ones who made the phone calls, uh, were murdered. And uh, so much for that. The planes themselves were then uh, flown later on down to Florida, where there is a, um, a place, uh, a company that converts commercial 757s to uh, uh, commercial industrial versions to haul stuff around. And uh, that was their disposition, basically being um, cleaned out and, uh, and reused that way. Would those, planes, would, any... would those planes still be available? I mean... Part numbers, Well, the original planes were probably still around as long as they're available, but I'm... Without getting too far ahead of ourselves, too flash, you know what I mean? Too smug, whatever you want to call it, or boastful. Did we get this page shut down? Do you think it was us, genuinely, in the chat? I want you to, you know, don't just say yeah for the sake of, you know, you know, trying to make me, you know, feel good or whatever, you do you genuinely believe that it was us that got this Wikipedia page shut down with this Luciferian culture warlord? I mean, he's dead now, so it's not like he's on the phone kvetching to them, going, you know, shut it down, shut it down. There's bigger forces at play here. Do you think it was us that got this shit shut down off Wikipedia, or what? Let me know. I just I just do not know. It's what I've been thinking about since it happened. <laughs> they were completely halt, you know, gutted and reconditioned and just turned into... Uh cargo devices, you know, cargo planes at that point, if they were recycled through the Florida uh, facility that does these things. Again, your readers can chase all the listeners can chase all this down if they want to sort of follow the lead here. As far as, <clears throat> as far as what hit the towers and what hit the Pentagon and what hit the field in Pennsylvania, 
The answer is nothing, and that's why there's no plane wreckage anywhere. You don't find any pieces of tails or engines or any of that at any of those locations, uh, which you normally would. If a 757 hits something, pieces fly all over the place. There are seats, there are uh, pieces of human beings, there are uh, a lot of very strong structures besides just the aluminum body of the, well, plane the, engines, and the plastic nose. The, the turbines. The engines, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they've all so, got I mean, serial numbers, and they've all got numbers which can okay. be tracked down. Yes. So, so there'd be a big mess, and there was no mess anywhere. There's a blank field in Pennsylvania. Nothing hit the Pentagon at all, uh, and nothing actually. I ain't being funny, yeah. This is this is what Goyim TV is all about, yeah. We are culture warlords, yeah. We are the tip of the spear, for real, for real. You know, I mean, I haven't seen any Trufa channel in the history of Trufa channels that have managed to get the head of Special Operations Command, the head of the NSA, the head of the Temple of Set taken off Wikipedia. Okay, we are the tip of the spear. God bless the GDL, man. God bless the GDL. Either one of the Twin Towers in New York City, a piece of film later surfaced. The <laughs> Whoa, 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 what happened there? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Tube, which shows that it's computer-generated <laughs> graphics, even to the point where it actually shows the nose of the stupid plane emerging from the other side. Well, yeah, exactly. Which is a little ridiculous. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, uh, uh, but, uh, none but, of the, but, the jet um, fuel or anything Michael, like that. Michael, Michael, I've got yeah. to, I've got to absolutely stop you there. Uh, I mean, this okay. is obviously a ridiculous story. <laughs> you know, just a little one-up, one-upman from the fucking World Truth videos. Go fuck yourself, bitch. Shoot, go fuck yourself. You know, Odyssey. Go fuck yourself. Okay, Goyim TV is where it's happening. Okay, it is where shit goes down. Okay, if you don't know, get to know. Goyim TV is where it's at, man. Get on Goyim TV. That's we serious. saw it on television. <laughs> It must be real. You saw on television what you were told to see and what you were shown to see. Here is a, here is a photograph, here is a piece of footage, film footage, uh, showing this plane hitting this building. And it was the same piece of footage that was shown over and over again. And it was pre-created before 9-11 to be shown to you. And I believe that the BBC um, actually, somewhat amusingly, showed a... A clip of it before uh, one of the towers was actually hit, and then that was hurriedly pulled. Yeah, the, the BBC I think convenient. got their they got their script wrong, <laughs> and they also announced yeah, the third so building course, collapse before. Mate, the BBC fucked their lines up, man. They were too busy spinning fucking dreidels, you know. They even fucking twelve minutes before the fucking towers went down, they're like, oh, there's been a terror attack. It's like, what what terror attack? Oh, uh, not yet, you know. Absolute bullshit. Not to mention there was a woman, her name will come back to me in time. My mind's drawing a blank. But anyways, she was working with them at the time. She was the person behind the scenes on, you know, on the set. Um, she was told to shut her mouth, all the rest of it. She ended up getting a job at the UN, you know? Yeah, well. Building 7, sure. Building 7 went down too. And this is all, they found tons and tons and tons of... of that's a good point made by Ned as well. Goyam TV is about to elevate, it's about to level up, it's about to substantially, okay, get much better. And once it does, okay, you're gonna see a world of difference. If you like it now, just fucking wait, you know? It is gonna be the difference, okay? We're gonna make the rest of these platforms look like some fucking Mickey Mouse bullshit, you know? This is where it's at. If you don't know, get to know. Later on of nanothermite, nanothermite all over the that part of Manhattan, which is a, a super hot explosive, which can absolutely um, liquefy reinforced steel, and it can bring those things down in an instant because of that. Uh, are you, days, are you, I mean, are, are you uh, the, the Judy Wood particle, what the energy weapon um, scenario? What do you feel uh, about you that? I need an energy weapon for this. This is all, uh, this is all pre-planted explosives which is the same thing that happened in the Pentagon. And of course, nothing happened in Pennsylvania at all. You know, I mean, all those original planes were flown to Westover base and 
that's all there was to it. You know, you didn't even need uh, to substitute any other planes for them for the simple reason is that no plane hit the Pentagon. No plane actually hit the Twin Towers. If you want to chase it down and look at it, you'll find that there is not a piece of, of original film showing that except for that one uh, computer-generated uh, piece. Yeah, the French TV it crew, that just the, happened to be there. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, the whole point of this exercise, as I said, uh, there weren't any Arabs involved. Osama bin Laden wasn't involved. He was an old, almost dead person who survived another six months or so because of his failing kidneys. Uh, he had nothing to do with anything. This was a, a Mossad operation, CIA operation, and MI6 operation designed to, uh, as a false flag, to start up the wars in the Mideast on behalf of Israel. Um, and it worked. And that's the important thing. Here we are in 2019, and we can examine all this because all this stuff has come out. And the more you look at it, like the moon landings, the more stuff falls apart until you find this out. Nanothermite, um, nobody had access to nanothermite except the government in those days, in, in, at the time of 9-11. So it couldn't have been a, a private operation, particularly with those quantities of the stuff. It was a very rarefied, very difficult, volatile explosive compound, but it leaves these uh, minuscule uh, particles of itself, which were all over Manhattan and which have been found, you know, ever since then uh, there too, because that's what had the power to bring those buildings down as fast as they came. Uh, jet fuel certainly couldn't have done it. Skyscrapers like that don't come down because of airplanes. Yeah, eight seconds, seat. eight seconds or something, eight yeah. and a half seconds. So, I mean... When you stand back and you look at this stuff, you know, there's a, there's, back at the, another, another example, the old John F. Kennedy assassination. Some years later, the Zapruder film surfaced, which shows a gunshot from Kennedy's front hitting him in the head and blowing the back of his head off. And the official version today is that still he was shot from the rear by one lone gunman named Lee Harvey Oswald. Well, it's kind of hard to, for Oswald to somehow get around to the Kennedy's front and shoot him and blow the back of his head off if he's supposedly way up behind him in the Texas School Book Depository. People don't care, you know. Uh, this is, as, as uh, my old friend Colonel Prouty, um, Fletcher Prouty, who at that time was head of black operations for the Pentagon said, this is scenery for the suckers. He was the person who, in the film JFK, was caricatured as the person X, played by Donald Sutherland. There's an old friend of mine, an Air Force colonel, uh, head of black ops for the Pentagon. And uh, he said it was his boss uh, who basically, you know, orchestrated and, and ran the assassination to get Kennedy out of the way because Kennedy wasn't going to let them have their war in Vietnam, which was uh, what was important to them and their contractor friends at the time. All this is parlor games now because the war happened, the war is over. All the damage that resulted from the 9-11 false flag is already done and over with. So even if I, I tell you, I mentioned some of these things to you today, it makes no difference because the actual operation, you know, was a success to the standpoint that it energized the war, uh, sent all those British and American uh, and other troops into Iraq and Afghanistan, where they're still fucking around today, for absolutely no reason except to kiss Israel's ass, all right, and not endanger a single bit of Israeli flesh or blood or anything like that. It's going on today. We've got a president right now, Donald Trump, you know, who can't get his nose up Netanyahu's ass fast enough. And we're now I've got my own conspiracy theory or theory, whatever you want to call it, based on why he is naming the Israeli and the Mossad agents and all the rest of it, implicating them into the terror attack. He knows that people hate his guts. He knows that people understand his position as a disinformation agent within the marketplace of ideas. You know, earlier on he was talking about swastikas and fucking Heinrich Himmler, okay? So why is he doing this? He's doing this because he knows no matter what he says, people aren't going to believe him. So if he names the Jew whilst naming the tower, fill in the blanks, man. It's obvious stuff, isn't it? People will not believe 
what he says. Oh, well, he's a lying Satanist. He's a disinformation agent. It couldn't have been Israel. Israel didn't do 9-11 then, obviously, because look, Michael Aquino's saying it. Very clever stuff, this. you got to remember, these people, you know, this is a multilateral attack, you know, a multi-level fucking thing going on here, you know. People smarter than us playing games, you know. Now sort of rummaging around, trying to see if we can maybe start another war with Iran, which is complete lunacy. Just in today's news, they said, oh, there's been a 